0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to the Daily DAF Differently. I am Barry Dovkatz, and today we're studying Tractate Shabbat, DAF 102, page 102. Our page is a split page. The A side of the page ends the discussion of throwing objects on Shabbat by talking about liability in the case where all or part of the action was done without intent. The Mishnah ultimately establishes a basic rule. The Gemara goes on to examine the ramifications of this rule, and with that concludes Parakazoreik, Chapter Eleven of Masechat Shabbat. As we say at the end of every section of Talmud, Hadranalach Parakazoreik. We hope to come back to study this material again soon. On the B side of the page, we turn to another one of the thirty-nine categories of activity prohibited on Shabbat: building, or in Hebrew, bonet. Shabbat is a day to revel in what is, to enjoy the world as it is, rather than to attempt to improve it. We have six days of the week to do that, and we should, but Shabbat is different. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel called Shabbat the climax of living. He said, six days a week we wrestle with the world, wringing profit from the earth. On the Sabbath we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul. Building creates something new, and as good as that thing might be, we save that work for another day. The Gemara hints at the spiritual meaning of Shabbat, but as is so often its way, the Gemara explores this through a discussion of law. One of the first questions the Gemara wants to know about building is, how much of the activity do you have to do in order to be liable? It should be simple, but there are so many activities connected to building Breaking a stone free from the earth, chiseling it, placing a series of stones in a line to form the base of a wall, cementing stones above these with mortars. Are all of these activities part of the forbidden category of labor? If I crack a small stone, am I liable? If I place one stone where I want to ultimately build my wall, is that enough to break Shabbat? While this section of the Talmud will not answer all of these questions immediately, the Mishnah attempts to clear things up for us. The Mishnah offers a general rule. Kol HaOseh M'lacha, Chayav. The fun, or some would say maddening thing, about this rule is that it could mean two very different things. Listen carefully. Anyone who performs labor on Shabbat and his labor endures is libel. Or, Anyone who performs labor, and his labor endures on Shabbat, is liable. It's a subtle but important difference. Rashi follows the first reading. Anyone who performs labor on Shabbat, and his labor endures, is liable. For Rashi, the preeminent 11th century French commentator, the work that should be avoided is work that you do on Shabbat, where the impact of that work on the material environment lasts past Shabbat. That last phrase, a paraphrase from an article by Rabbi Danny Nevins, impact of the work on the material environment lasts past Shabbat, that's the way he defines a work done on Shabbat, but the labor endures. An example of this might be placing large stones in a row as the basis for a wall that you intend to use during the week. You did the work on Shabbat, but even after the work, after Shabbat, the work will endure. In other words, what you did will be useful as you continue building. The Ritva, born in Spain close to 150 years after Rashi died, offers a lower threshold for breaking Shabbat. For him, the work to be avoided also includes work that you did that will only endure on Shabbat. If the Ritva knew about Legos, he might say that building a really big Lego wall on Shabbat is forbidden. Even though it's clear that no one intends a Lego wall to last past a few hours of Shabbat play, that's enough for him. And he would parse the sentence as follows. Anyone who performs labor, and his labor endures on Shabbat, just on Shabbat, that person is liable. After the Mishnah, our Gemara will take up questions raised trying to understand the subtleties of this issue. But the way Rashi and the Ritva read the same words in different ways reminds me of a joke. A student is not doing well in Gemara. The rabbi who teaches the class tells him to meet her in the teacher's lounge during a free period and everything will be clear. He shows up during her free period and sees a sign on the door. Teachers only, no students allowed. So the student leaves. During class, the rabbi asks him, Why didn't you show up? He begins to answer, but she cuts him off and tells him, Come to the teacher's lounge and everything will be clear. Again, he shows up, but when he gets to the door, he sees the sign, Teachers only, no students allowed, and so he leaves. On the third day, the rabbi meets him outside the lounge. She asks, Why didn't you come in to talk to me so we could clear all this up? He points to the sign. What does it say? She asks him. He answers, Teachers only. No students allowed. The teacher says, that's not what the sign says. It says, teachers only? No! Students allowed! The joke expresses what is both intoxicating and frustrating about Talmud study. It's all about how you punctuate. Looking for clues about ultimate meaning in the smallest details of a close reading. A similar point was made in an entertaining book about the English language and its punctuation system called Eats, Shoots, and Leaves by Lynn Truss. That is one way that Talmud study parallels the work of creating Shabbat. For our Mishnah, it's all in the details. Small acts are scrutinized, parsed. Does this act of work pull me too far away from caring for the seed of eternity planted in my soul? Have I crossed from Shabbat over to the world of work, or can I do this act and remain in the sacred space? It's so subtle. Sentences rise or fall on the placement of a comma or a word. For the Mishnah, Shabbat is created by categorizing actions as completed or awaiting full realization. It's about analyzing our acts and intent, deciding how much is enough to move us from Shabbat to wrestling with the world and wringing profit from the earth. The Mishnah holds out the promise that if we refrain from this wrestling writ large and even writ small, we can taste something that will endure longer than any work. Eternity. And with this, we create Shabbat. I look forward to learning again with you soon. I hope you've enjoyed today's
0: episode of Daily Daft Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.